to the board game community show. I'm your host, Riley Starr. Join me as I get to know folks in this community. They could be designers or streamers, podcasters, YouTubers, publishers, whatever. Really anything with the nerd at the end of its title is welcome here on the board game community show. Show. Welcome back to the Board Game Community Show. Today, I am rejoined by Ian Moss, designer and uh, podcaster, all-around rad dude. How you doing? Uh, apparently, I'm doing rad. Hi, right, how's it going? So good. Yeah, I made that up on the spot. It was a good intro, huh? This quality, one of the best. Yeah, that's your official, uh, like when a wrestler, what? Oh, you you're into wrestling. What's that like when they they do like the announcement of them coming out, right? Like uh entrance? They I guess the you know, it's like their entrance, I guess I don't I don't know. Guess, yeah. Yeah. The rake announcer imagine, or whatever. You can imagine fireworks going, you coming out, talking crap about another designer. No, you would never do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh anyways, uh baby I'm a baby face, I'm not a heel. What is that a? <laughs> is this a wrestling thing? A hundred percent. Sorry, I'm gonna break kayfabe here for a second. Uh, you're gonna bring what? <laughs> so I, I don't. So I, lost. I, yeah, I just I just threw three wrestling terms at you in a row. So let's go through them. Yeah, yes, kayfabe. Kayfabe is just the like what you see on TV or what you see the public facing version of the wrestlers. Right. So if they, whatever their gimmick is, whatever their, their special thing is, they stay in that wall on television or, you know, doing interviews or whatever it is. Right. That's called kayfabe. If you break kayfabe, it means that you are going outside of your character, outside of your gimmick. And you're just like talking is in like, me, the person, is talking, not me, the wrestler with the gimmick, right? Yeah. So then there's babyface and heel. So babyface and heel are basically the terms for heroes and villains in wrestling. If you're a babyface, it means that the audience is supposed to like you and they're supposed to cheer and root for you when when you're wrestling, right? Or when you're giving promos or whatever. Like, you are the face of the company, right? Like you are, they're supposed to like you. Yeah. Heels, on the other hand, are supposed to be disliked. Like their energy is derived from getting booed at <laughs> when they're giving promos or whatever. They usually go to a city and they talk about how awful that city that they're currently in is or how much their, their local sports teams suck, right? Anything to get that like negative attention. Okay, all right. This is interesting, and I think, you know, if we're just going to start off with a ridiculous theme here for a board game, it could be, like, babyface and heel, uh, a board game, and you have to, like, 
one person plays as the baby face and one person plays as the heel. Yeah, it's your classic, it's your classic two person thing. Yeah. But, uh, you like, you have to live in these moments too, where like sometimes the, like a lot of times the heel will win and no one likes it, but sometimes your heel actually starts winning over the crowd, which is not something that you want, but you have to capitalize on it. Like you have to be like, oh crap, we have to, they have to win now because people actually like them for some reason. Interesting. Well, I, I feel like, I remember I, I watched wrestling, you know, way back in the day when I was a kid. So it's been a long time. I feel like I remember them like having kind of seasons of this person's the bad guy, but all of a sudden they've been redeemed, you know, and now they're the yeah. good guy and you want to root for him. So they all sort of just like cycle through being the baby face and heel, right? A lot of times. Yeah. And then there's some that kind of live in between where the people can either like them or hate them and it doesn't seem to matter. But yeah, a lot of times you'll be like, they'll have this big feud or whatever, and they'll be a bad guy, and then they'll lose, and they'll go away for a while and come back, and now all of a sudden they're a good guy. Uh, <laughs> they just don't talk about it. They don't talk about the fact that they've changed. It's just sort of like, hey, you all like me now? Great, I'm going to be a good guy now. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Uh, I liked, I'm thinking of like, you know, Somewhere between being a baby face and a heel, you're a hip. You're the hips. Or you're uh, you're the butt. You know, like <laughs> you're the I, gut. yeah, you're the gut. Like baby face, heels, and guts. <laughs> uh, it just that makes sense to me. Interesting. All right. Well, here we go. Starting off with some wrestling knowledge. Look at you dropping this. <laughs> Gee, Willikers. I. <laughs> I almost feel like I'm in fun balanced a little bit of random stuff coming up. So, oh yeah, that's the only goal in fun balanced. The rule is there's no rules and uh, it goes everywhere. <laughs> With I, fun balance has been fun to listen to. Yeah, so it's myself, uh, John Gilmore, who is a tabletop game designer as well. And then James Weitzel, who is a uh, video game aficionado. He went to school for video game stuff uh, but has like a normal a normal job currently <laughs> but we're all nerds yeah it's fun it's fun to listen because you get those I think you get a lot of cool board game industry stories and insights but then there's also random funny bits about you eating a burrito off the street or something yeah road burrito yep I did that <laughs> So yeah, we have a we have this this we have a Google Doc that the three of us just have lists of things to potentially talk about. And during one of the episodes, uh, Jay was just like, "Hey, let's just pick something off a list." And he picked one of mine, and it was Road Burrito. And I was like, "Oh no, now we're just talking about this. Why is this on the list? Yeah, why did I put this here?" But no, it's just it's a lot of stuff. Some of it is based off of conversations or arguments that John and I would have when we used to do live streams in the past and just bringing those back up with uh, like a third person, you know, is always, I think is part of the fun. It's, it's one of the main uh, draws as to why I think uh, I pitched it in the first place as a thing we could do, because I think the, the tagline is a podcast of unbalanced conversations. And I think it's a hundred percent true that you have like three people. And if there's any argument, 
you're probably not all on the same side, right? Yeah. Just to be clear, we are arguing over the dumbest things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not like a politically charged. No. <laughs> we are arguing over whether physical or digital media is better. And like what it what like is is uh taco a sandwich, right? Like this dumb things. Yeah. No, I'm going to say no. You need two separate pieces of some sort of con, like a uh, bread. Doesn't have to be bread, but if it was like two tortillas and something in the middle, maybe you could qualify that as a sandwich. But then you have to so make a quesadilla as a sandwich. Yeah, sometimes I guess, but sometimes you make a quesadilla by putting cheese and then like folding it in half, right? Or putting in your fillings and folding it in half. What about a sub? Since they don't cut the bread all the way through. Yeah, that's still a sandwich. Dang, see, already poking <laughs> holes in this. Yeah, this is what happens. You, you just like you think you know, you think you're like, yeah, no, this makes sense. My stance on this argument is the correct one, and it makes the most sense. And then someone's just like, yeah, what about a hot dog though? And you're like, oh god, everything is ruined. Yeah, I hate that. Okay, that's I think the most where this gets brought up the most is right, like is a hot dog in a bun a sandwich? Like mm-hmm. what? No, that's a that's a hot dog. Like you don't even call that a hot dog in a bun. Most bun most of the time. If you say hot dog in a bun, people are going to give you weird looks. I think, right? That's just a hot dog. Sure. Yeah. Everything is a salad. Is is my hard line stance on on scene. Everything is uh, a salad. Salad is just a mixture of ingredients, man. Everything everything qualifies. Dang, that's good. That's that's really good. I like this. <laughs> I went into your Discord and brought this up, but the ship of Theseus and you all were talking about that for a good while, and then that got me thinking of like bands, right? Like if you slowly replace band members, band members, then is it the same band? You know? Yeah, yeah, no, that was good. That sparked a that sparked a good <laughs> that sparked a good debate, which I assume will show up in a future episode of Fun Balanced, as we haven't recorded in a while. But uh, I figure that'll that'll worm its way back in. Nice, uh, yeah. But yeah, my stance on that was that like there's usually like an irreplaceable member of of a band. Some some bands have multiple, but whoever is like most of the time it's like the creative force behind the band, either that's musically or lyrically. If they leave and get replaced, it's really a different band at that point. Yeah, what sort of sparked that for me was Chicago. Like my dad loves Chicago, and I think that there are. St- I don't even know how many band members they have in that band. A lot, a plethora. But I think there's only two remaining original band members. And so it's like they are outnumbered greatly in that band. Right. When they retire or die and somebody takes their place and they continue to tour, is it still Chicago? (laughs) Yeah. They'll call the tour of Theseus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's yeah, perfect. Anyways, yeah, Fun Balance has been great. It's it's a fun podcast with you and John and James, and you don't. Yeah, and it also. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm outnumbered on that stand on that side. <laughs> um, it also we really wanted a. I, there's not a lot of podcasts of like the tabletop industry or the the games industry in general where it's like, here's people who work in games not talking about games. Yeah. Uh, so it was like it was nice to go to the other side of that where I think there's I don't want to say competition, but there's just less there's less podcasts doing that. So it felt 
like a space that we could live in comfortably and, and not have to worry about being outdone by quality podcasts like this one. <laughs> we occupy a different space. We're, we're not competing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, well, in mine, right? Mine isn't even necessarily board game related as in like every time we talk about board games or something, we're talking to people and getting to know them. So I think ours is somewhat similar, but yours is a lot more you all know each other and have a good banter and back and forth where mine is, you know, we're just getting to know randos throughout here. Yeah. Like you, some rando. <laughs> I was at one point, wasn't I? Yeah, not anymore. You've, uh, yeah, this year, everybody's saying, oh, Wonderland's War, ain't that great? That's such a great game. <laughs> that, that, uh, Ben and Tim Eisner. And Ian Moss. <laughs> oh, it's usually how it goes. Yeah, usually it's just a... From Ben and Tim Eiser, Andy and Moss. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, it does happen, right? Because they're a little, they were more well known before that, right? Yeah. And they have the, you know, it's the brothers thing, right? Brothers. So you're, you're tagged, uh, you're tagged in with uh, a pair of brothers. So you're automatically just your third bill, which is always fine. I do not, you know, if my name's on the box, my name, I am happy. I do not care if it's first, last, or, and six point font on the corner. Yeah. But you're hearing it here officially that Ian did all of the legwork. He designed everything. Ben and Tim were just Nope, the sad truth. Well, I had James on and he was talking about, you know, like things that he had pitched in with and designed, you know, like he was pretty involved in the design process at certain points at least. And I'm like, Yeah, absolutely is in the on the box. Like, why isn't it- your name? That it, Druid City's on the box, so he gets he gets his company name on there. Okay, that's uh, true. It's more official, but no, they're so on the retail version. Sorry, the deluxe version on the cover just says deluxe edition, and the retail version actually has our names, and it says Ben Eisner, Tim Eisner, Ian Moss, Manny Tremblay, and then obviously yes. has the logo for Druid City Games. And so, like, really, it was the you know the five of us, right? Like. It was such a different experience than a lot of other games that I had worked on because the art was such a core part of the design process. Normally, it all comes afterwards. But in this instance, Manny like was a big part of the whole process. He was there during a lot of our like get-together design weekends or whatever that we would have. Like We went to LA. We all went to LA. Manny was there. We, we went to Portland to where the Eisners are from and Manny also flew in. So it was really basically like the five of us sitting around and like pitching ideas back and forth. So that's why Manny's name is all up there. Like along with the designers, not separate or in any way, because he was also a big part of it. And James, of course, but the driving force behind the publishing of the game, I think is where he uh, put his stamp right like he, he that's where he wanted his name was was he wanted to be the one to publish the game but yeah it was such a collaborative experience it was unlike anything I've, I've worked on that's really cool and I didn't know that about Manny being so involved you know like obviously that art is what draws so many people to it at first glance like you can't see that I like I feel bad when I use the miniature because the standees <laughs> are so pretty yeah yeah, the retail edition of that game is still s- still gorgeous. Like, the production quality on it is still fantastic. And 
the, I do I do love minis and seeing Manny's art as miniatures was really cool because this is like before Dice Throne Adventures uh, was coming out. So I hadn't seen any other minis that Manny had done yet. So like just seeing those for the first time was was awesome. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. And they are like they're very well done. They're beautiful miniatures, but they're just not painted or colored, right? You know, like it's on my list of things to paint, but uh, I'll talk a little bit about that probably later. Hint, hint at certain things later. Uh, <laughs> but no, that's fascinating. It is, how's it been? That's got to be weird for you, right? Like hearing everybody talk about this game. Yeah, it's sort of every time that something comes out that I helped make, it's always, it's a little nerve wracking in the starting process. Like, especially if you're going to Kickstarter or whatever, where you're just like, I hope people will like it. And then they put forth a lot of money to say like, yes, this is something that we're interested in. We will like this. Uh, this is something that we will like, but then they still haven't played it yet. So like once everyone got their games and started playing it and we're like, this is what I wanted. It's really validating because a lot of the times you sit there and you're making a thing and it feels like maybe I'm just making something that I like versus making something that I think people, you know, the, the, the board game community will like. Yeah. I like making games that I want to play, but does that mean that other people want to play them? Wonderland's War has been knocked a couple of times for, you know, how, maybe how long the game runs or, uh, you know, setting it up could take a little bit, tearing it down could take a little bit. But for us, that never felt like an issue because we had so much fun during the middle part of the game, right? Like after you're done setting it up and you start playing, nothing else matters. You are just having fun yeah. until the very end of the game. And then you're talking about the entire game as you, you know, everything that went down while you're putting it away. So for us, those those times never felt that long. But for some people, they might. And it was always a worry of like, are people going to find this as fun as we found it, you know? Because a lot of times it was just the five of us playtesting our ideas, you know, just here's five players, we're all playing and sitting there and playing with each other. And it's like, is this a thing? Did we just make this for us? Like, this is just an us game. And it's it's great to see that other people enjoy a little bit of madness uh, in their world as much as we did. Yeah, it. I mean, it's phenomenal. I, I put it as my... I flipped a coin to decide which was number one and two because two games for me were just obviously like standouts with paperback adventures and then this and paperback adventures, obviously solo. The art on that is super pretty as well. And the game's just fantastic. But, uh, oh, I actually, the designer of that Sky Larson, he came over, uh, like a week or two ago with his wife and we play, I tie him Wonderland's war. So I got to like, yeah. Teach my 2022 favorite game to another designer that's uh, made the other 2022 favorite game. So that was kind of yeah. fun experience. <laughs> so, and it was fun. Like, yeah, the game goes long. I know on Tabletop Express, they played it live and I jumped in there and I, uh, you know, helped them with rules and found out that I was missing, I was messing up a huge rule <laughs> in all of my plays. And I was like, cool, this will definitely change everything in the future, it'll make things much harder. And uh, what was it? Oh, oh, but he messaged me after because I had to leave. And he was like, 
because I had been pushing that game on him all the time. And he was like, dude, that it ran long, but it didn't feel long at all. That was yeah. so much fun. And that's the thing. Like, yeah, you might play for three hours, but it feels like an hour, hour and a half. Yeah, so in a lot of the videos, I, I realized that they were doing the same thing we were doing, which was you just don't feel the time go by. Like, you're yeah. just like, oh, that took two and a half hours? That did not feel like it was two and a half hours. Yeah. And every time I teach it and watch it played, if they're playing it for the first time, there's a lot of hesitancy and a little confusion in both the first tea party phase and the first war phase. But then after that first one, they're like, yeah, all right, I got it. This all makes sense. Like, yeah, great. <laughs> so I often teach it war phase first. Like I'll skim over what the tea party phase is and then teach the war phase and then go back to the tea party just to like be like, okay, so now that you know what's happening in the war phase, these cards and symbols, that means this. Here's how it helps. Here's how you help yourself. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I thought you were going to give me tips. (laughs) (laughs) No, it is just, here's how you help yourself now that you know how war goes. Here's how you get there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. No, I taught the game wrong. I can't give you tips. (laughs) (laughs) You taught the game wrong? Yeah, the first time I played it since I got my copy, um, my coworker and their friends were super excited. They had gotten a copy uh, and wanted to learn. So I was like, you can just come over and we'll play my copy. Had everything set up and everything. And I had forgotten that you start with a forge chip in your bag. Just kind of missed that. Like, in, like I wasn't reading over the setup because I was like, listen, I've set this game up a hundred times. I think I understand. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> it made the game harder. Yeah, understand. You could just automatically forge. You had to, like, get forge chips and then forge. So there was a little bit less forging than in a normal game. But they still had fun. Something, I saw it happen on Tabletop Express, I think, and... In most of my plays of it, the first tea party phase, I almost always forget to put a madness chip in until after the first battle. And then, yeah, so we like finish the first battle and then it's like, oh, shoot. Uh, Everyone gets a madness chip and whoever has the most madness gets two. Uh, Sorry, sorry. (laughs) But it's not like it affected it because the perception is that they can, you know, uh, have four and the first battle you're likely not drawing four anyways like you're not going to go that long first battle in the entire game so whatever though it's fine the thing that i messed up is that i thought that when you used the shield you put you still you just like negated the loss of your supporters and then still put the madness chip down and oh now it goes back in yeah it goes back in so I, uh, I'm looking forward to playing that way. It's going to be much harder. <laughs> yeah, you can just draw it again immediately. Yeah, or how exactly. much you shake your bag. It could just it could be the next thing you draw still. <laughs> I will say, you know, I, I bought the standard edition and then was learning it. And I don't even think I had played it. And then Skybound was like, hey, we have our Kickstarter editions. We're going to sell them. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll buy it. So I bought it before I even... I bought the kickstarter fancy edition with all the chips and everything before i even played the base edition and then i played the base edition like twice before it, the new fancy one came uh, you're like whew 
<laughs> I'm glad I but I, like I, this. I was very genuinely worried. <laughs> uh, but I'm also kicking myself because I had you on like after the Kickstarter and I could have late pledged during that time. Like, why didn't I? You know, like I was more nerding out about bunkers and badasses at that time. Uh, yeah. Little did I know that you would create another insanely awesome game. Uh, whatever. I always forget late pledge exists. Like I, I never remember that I could buy a thing after the Kickstarter is over. Right. I think I've done I, it once. Oh, you're more than me then. Yeah. <laughs> Same. It, it seems weird to me. Like I shouldn't be able to right? that. It was a Kickstarter thing. This is, a, that's why there's a time limit on it. There's no time limit. Yeah. Well, what's the point? Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad I did. Cause that was like one of my favorite games of this last year was dice kingdoms of Valeria. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, I missed the Kickstarter and then I was like, well, I don't usually like roll and write games. Julia really liked roll and write games a lot of times. So I'll get this because I 100% trust Valeria games to be good. Like they, they are usually in my top of whatever year they come out because that world and those systems I think are always very unique and very fun. And they have art by the Miko, so bonus. <laughs> Win. Yeah, what do you like about that? I was talking about Valeria games like two days ago with somebody, so. Um, so Dice Kingdoms of Valeria I like a lot because it, it has the same mechanic that the Card Kingdoms of Valeria has, which is like you roll those two numbered dice and everyone gets stuff based on the two numbers. So it's like the Machi Koro kind of thing where oh, I was like, yeah. you roll a three and a four, it activates all the threes, all the fours, and all the sevens. Nice. That's cool. Uh, and that works so well in like a roll and write kind of style where you're just like, on your turn, you roll this thing, everyone gets stuff. And then you have these other four dice that are rolled and then you get an action from those. So it's like everyone gets to do something, you get to do something extra, your turn's over. So the turns are, are very quick. The game goes pretty fast and it always feels like you're making progress towards things. Like there's never really a moment where you're like, oh, I get nothing. Except for in like the later half of the game, if you've like completely filled in an area and like the dice come up that are rolled on that, you're like, I don't get anything anymore, but I've maxed that out already. So it's fine. Yeah. It's not like a, it's like, oh, darn. Oh, well. It's because I, I did this real good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so good. I don't even need any more rolls. Yeah. I, uh, so I have one Valeria game and I, it's still in its shrink wrap, but I got it last year at SaltCon and it was just one of the like free games that they gave away as like a thank you swag stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Thanks for attending. So it, I have Villages of Valeria and I need to unwrap it, I guess. I need to actually yeah. play it. Villages is good. I like Villages a lot. Nice. Good to hear. Is that what, uh, you know, we were going to, the whole idea of nerding out in 2023, adding this segment is to have past guests on. Is that one of the nerding out things you were going to talk about related to board games? Uh, actually, no, because I was like, that was like a 2022 thing. And it was already part of my end of year thing that I had sent in for, or that was in your end of year episode. Yeah. We want to like rehash uh, <laughs> old things that I've already talked about. Hey, but now we got more details on it and why it was a hit for, yeah. for you and whatnot. So it was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. When you, when I listened to that, I was like, Valeria sounds familiar. 
I didn't even know I had this game until after you sent that in. And I kept like thinking about it and then thinking, wait, do I have a box? And I went to my <laughs> shelf and like, sure enough, tucked away in one of the corners of the Calyx. There was the Calyx, whatever you call it, whatever. Uh, it was the villages of Valeria. That's a cool story, Riley. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> that was boring. What was I saying? Why did I say that? Um, let's do nerding out. Let's nerd out about stuff. What uh, what board game stuff have you been nerding out on lately? I'm going to do this too. I have something, I'm sure. I'll make something. Um, so there's a game that I've just gotten and it was going to kind of seg- it's going to kind of segue into a bigger thought in general in the in the board game industry type things, but I just received Artisans of Splendid Vale uh from Renegade Games designed by Nikki Balance and I am so excited to dive into that game in like a month or two. <laughs> Because that kind of hits that sweet spot. I know that you didn't get Sleeping Gods out as much as you would like. That was the other part of this. uh, Is I have to wait to play campaign games. And that is my least favorite part of campaign games. Wait, what do you mean? Like you have to wait between sessions or you have to wait to get it to the table? Like to like set up the perfect group, right? That I'm going to play this through with. Or in the case of Sleeping Gods, I want to play it just two player with Julia. We've already kind of started one adventure, but we're probably just going to start back from the beginning because that was like a year ago. So neither of us will remember anything that happened. So we're probably just going to start from the beginning, which is fine. Yeah. But the foreteller narration is supposed to be launching sometime in the next month or so. So it says like Q1 is supposed to be out. And when I had gotten the second Sleeping Gods on GameFound, the Distant Skies, I had also added on the foreteller narration for both that and the original Sleeping Gods. Oh, okay. And I want to play Sleeping Gods, but I'm waiting for the foreteller narration for it. So I can't play it yet. And then I want to play Artisans of Splendid Vale because it's got this like each character has their own book and it looks amazing. And all of the art is gorgeous. All of the cards look super cool. The system seems really easy to understand. Like I watched basically like a four minute video and I understand how the game works, uh, which is great for like a campaign game. Cause like the, the less barrier to entry, the easier it is to get it back to the table. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. But it, I feel like it's a campaign game that everyone has to play every session. And so I have to wait for my friend to get back from their trip, which is going to be in about a month or two before we can like have a four player game of it and like actually run through it. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, so sky, he invited me and Kimmy to play that with him. Cause he got it and was like, I really want to do this four players. And, uh, if you guys are down, like, so hopefully I'm, I'll be starting that here in the next, within a month or so. Yeah. Cause yeah, it seems like the, it, that one is like, best at four players because there's four characters and each have their own book and can do their own things and yeah yeah so one of the cool things i I don't want to spoil anything i don't think this spoils anything because it's in any of the videos that i've seen of people talking about it is that like sometimes in the book you'll have like illustrations of like this is a room that you're exploring or something Mm -hmm. and then there'll be 
around certain items in the illustration, there'll be passage numbers of like things that you notice in the room, right? That you can go like, hey, let's check this out. And then you go to that passage number. But each character has different passage numbers on their image because the characters with their special abilities and their their distinct like personalities will notice different things about the, each situation. Yeah. Yeah, which is so clever. Yeah. And it seems so cool. And like, I, I'll, yeah, I need to run it at four players because otherwise I feel like you just miss out on something. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, you can't run that at less. Can you, I, I'm sure you can play it more than once. You could play through twice. You know, you and your partner could just keep going. That's what I was thinking too. I was, I was wondering. I was like, I was wondering if there's like the permanentness to it. That's what I needed to look up to be maybe like, Julie and I can play it for a bit while we're waiting for the big four-player group. Man, I can't remember if it has any sort of permanency or if it's able to reset. I feel like it can reset. I don't know. I I, remember I looked at the Kickstarter for like maybe five minutes and I was like, cool, I'm in and I want this. And then I backed it. <laughs> Gimme. I regretted not, like I was, I watched it, right? It was on my watch list. I pretty much kept the tab open the entire campaign. And I, for whatever reason, I was like, I, I don't know. I just, will I get it played? Will I not? And him hot around until it was too late. Yeah. So I'm glad that somebody invited me to play. Hopefully it really happens. Cause yeah, <laughs> that's like a big regret. Cause it's such a pretty game anyway. Like even just for the art, right. You know, yeah. and Nikki does great games. So <sighs> whatever, it's fine. I don't have to own it. <laughs> as long as someone owns it that's usually the case it's either my my friend and co-worker nolan will buy a game and or i'll buy the game so one of us has it for sure yeah yeah i need to have nolan on here let's get nolan on here if you want to talk about digimon nolan is your that, that's that's the go-to <laughs> great i don't know that i even ever watched this show Oh, the card game, the the new card game, obviously, right? Which I am obviously very in, and <laughs> can hold a conversation with him. I'm sure. Well, that's I'm mostly clueless on things, anyways. I just have to ask questions, yeah. right? You just go, "Oh, that's cool. Why are they yeah, yellow?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was one of those things where he was like, "Yeah, I play the Digimon trading card game," and I was like, "Oh, cool!" Like the like the one from the 90s he's like no they made a new one and it's really because they like made a trading card game in the year 2020 right like it is way better than you think it probably should be like not that digimon doesn't deserve a good game digimon is the a great ip you know i it was i watched more digimon episodes i think as a child than i did pokemon but that was just me uh-huh. um but really like yeah all the design uh, uh, mentality for that game is it just everything moves the game forward as really it's a really great implementation of like a two-player versus cart game uh i think it's one of the better ones nice i think you had edited a video for him right of yeah yeah they had a he has a podcast with with his friend jb called the security checkpoint and they were doing some videos of them playing like against each other. And then one person would win 
and then the other person would then go make a different deck to try and beat the deck that just beat them and then come back. Oh, okay. So I was editing those videos for them, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Great. Let me kind of stretch and stretch that muscle that I hadn't used in a while for video editing. Which, yeah, is now a lot more useful as you're doing yeah. the uh, the bad assets. Have we talked about bad assets? We talked for like an hour, probably more than an hour before even starting this. So I don't remember what's recorded yeah. or not recorded. <laughs> uh, no, I think we talked about fun balance at the start of this. And then, uh, but not bad assets, which are, they're different things. They're appeal to different audiences. Yeah. But yeah, bad assets is, it was one of my close friends and co-host of Fun Balanced, James. He wanted to play uh, Bunkers and Badasses. And he thought, well, who else would be good to run it but the lead designer of Bunkers and Badasses? <laughs> so uh, I had told him, I was like, I don't know that I could make like a whole world and a whole campaign. I can't. I can't do Friend and Foe Adventure Co. I can't make a whole world. I don't necessarily have enough time to do that. But if you just want to run through the like adventures that are in the book, I think that would be a fun place to start. And I think it'd be a cool way to like get other people maybe interested in the adventures. Cause again, I think a lot of people will just be like, Oh, I don't want spoilers for this adventure. I might run, but you're not going to run the adventure the same way that I run the adventure. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. This will be very different when you do it than from when I do it. So I don't think you'll spoil yourself on anything. If you, check out bad assets and then decide to run assault on dragon keep on your own. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's so entertaining to hear those differences. Like I, I love watching wizards wand, right? Cause wizards wand is like the introduction to the game. And yeah. so a lot of people ran that on YouTube or, uh, I don't know. Did anyone else run it on podcast or, uh, there was a couple, there was a few. There were ones that did the podcast. Okay. Yeah, but but it's always fun to like hear things that your character your players just say something and then it's like, well, this is happening now. Like that's yeah. a great idea. And it's not written that way, but that's what it is now. Uh, or even just ideas maybe the BM has, which is the bunker master. It's a very, very mature for adults game. Um I was thought you say it's a very mature it's a very prestigious title. Yes, yes. <laughs> Not everyone can BM. <laughs> yeah, some people are too uh, too shy to BM in front of people. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I record my BMing and put it out on the internet. <laughs> I make videos out of mine. You do, yeah. <laughs> uh, I love watching them. I don't get to watch them very often because I know if we... I don't get to watch you BM enough, so <laughs> mostly just listen to it. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, so bad assets is another fun friend and or uh, friend and foe uh, bunker symbiosis podcast. <laughs> I really enjoy it. Friend and foe is obviously something I love doing a lot, and it's uh, another thing thanks to Ian. So woohoo! One day we'll do like a crossover of some sort. Well, you're up, you're on every once in a while. You've been on twice now. Well, oh, spoiler. Uh-oh. So, yeah, this comes out tomorrow, and that other episode doesn't come out for like a month, so. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm not editing it out. I don't care. Yeah. Drake Wilson is a treat. Um. Anyways, we were talking about nerding out about stuff and then got distracted. This is just how 
Ian and I roll. Uh, tangent after tangent. Always. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> me, I've been nerding out about board game related somewhat, right? Is I got my Marvel Zombies. The, oh. Which so I, does seem board game related. Yeah, that's board game related. I haven't played it. I read through the rules. I'm excited to play it eventually, but I decided I'm going to paint it all, which is such a dumb idea because it'll probably take me like two years to paint just the base game minis at the rate I go. But I've primed some of the minis and the rest are ready to be primed. And that's sort of the thing I've been nerding out about is the prepping process of painting, not even the actual painting yet, (laughs) but I have been like painting other things. Like I got to paint the cowboy bebop miniatures for the space serenade board game and that's a good game huh yeah i played it and i was like all right i like this one this is good like there have been multiple cowboy bebop games but that was the one where i was like yeah you get it this one gets it right it's so like i did not expect it to be as good as it is it's because it's got the deck building and then you're also moving your players this is changing the cowboy bebop but whatever uh yeah like it's just so cool, so thematic, and so you can like talk the enemies down or or beat them down. Yeah, it's real good. Yeah, exactly. Is that what it is? Is that the other one? Is talking or I thought it was invest. Well, that makes sense. I don't know. Are you investigating the enemies down or beating them up? Yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, something like that. It's, it's like a, there's like a non-violent way, and then there's a violent way. <laughs> yeah, and the violent way you get like wounds. Uh, that will muddy up your deck. Yeah. But talking that's there's less opportunities to uh investigate than there are to just attack. Like attacking is the easy way. Yeah. But investigating is harder usually. Oh, I, I right. That depends on how you build your deck, too. I yeah. played it solo. I think it would be way more interesting playing it with people because for that reason, like people are gonna be recruiting cards and your the the deck, the store is going to be different yeah kind of just have to choose things yeah there's also like a little bit of a teamwork aspect to it where like if you go somewhere where someone else is you can like use their special ability yeah uh which is fun in multiplayer because you're like where are you over there all right i want to go to where you are and then i want to fight this thing using your ability uh, so that i beat it they're like no i don't want that (laughs) but but that's also the cool thing right is because like if I'm there and I investigated so-and-so once and I punched them once, I have these tokens. And then if you beat them, I still get points because I have those tokens for it. Yeah. Like when once they're defeated, like everybody just cashes out on what they, the damage they dealt or the talking they did and they earn all those points. So I think that's so cool to, it's not like a winner takes all type thing. Right. In the single player you can you still move the other players right like there's cards that let you move characters so you can move them where you want i most of the time i just found myself using ed i would put ed anywhere i went because i thought theirs was the most useful there we go nerding out about that it started off as marvel zombies but definitely was nerding out way more about cowboy (laughs) people yeah yeah i saw you paint those and i was like oh that's awesome i hope you didn't get to play it because you you said you wanted to Paint them before playing, which is always the dangerous part. Yeah. It, luckily, it was only five miniatures and it was during winter break. And so, like, I just left my paint supplies set up. And Kimmy, she likes to do, like, diamond painting, which is kind of like paint by numbers, but with beads. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Julia has some of those too. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're awesome. And so we both had, we set up like two tables next to each other and I, during the winter break and we just painted most of it away, which was great. What are the, do you have a more board gaming related nerding outedness, nerding out tree? Yeah, I was going to, I could talk about, uh, so since there is, there seems to be a small, just tiny little bit, little, little controversy with Dungeons and Dragons. Oh yeah. Currently. Uh, just a small, you know, little subset of, of a, of a very niche group that, uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a huge controversy going on. The Ogle, as they call it. Everybody calls it the Ogle. Nobody calls it anything else. And there are definitely winners and losers in the ongoing thing that is happening. But I think one of the win- winners was probably Paizo. As mm. they came out with the statement that they're going to have their own Ogle, but then it's going to be called the Orc. Uh, so A, naming convention, better, you win. Yep. Um, and B, theirs is going to be actually open and not controlled by a company. It's going to be controlled by a nonprofit law firm. So B, no greed or, or you know, no gross greediness or capitalism fingers in, in the pie. Yeah. Uh, so it's got a lot of people looking at Pathfinder as a system to possibly switch to. I haven't played a lot of Dungeons and Dragons or Pathfinder, but when I was a when I would run games, I kind of defaulted to be the Pathfinder person. Uh, this is years ago. I no one else had Pathfinder, and I was like, oh, I, I like Pathfinder. I could I could play it. So I bought the books, and I ended up being the <laughs> the game master for for Pathfinder back in the day. So I was like, well, maybe I'll check out Pathfinder Second Edition. I haven't seen anything of it. I vaguely remember buying a humble bundle. A, like two years ago or something with all of the second edition like base books. So I went and looked in my files and I was like, oh, hey, I did do that. <laughs> it wasn't just a fever dream. So I had the Pathfinder second edition like base book and stuff like in PDF format. And it has, I had the core rule book. I have the, the bestiary, the first one. And then it has like a bunch of adventures and adventure maps and stuff. That was all part of the bundle. And I was like, well, this is cool. Maybe I should learn... Pathfinder 2nd Edition, and then if ever I know people that want to run, you know, play that, I could be ready to maybe run that or play in it if other people want to run it. Uh, so I started looking at Pathfinder 2nd Edition, and it's awesome. I don't know if you've seen Pathfinder 2nd Edition. I don't know. Uh, but the system is so cool. What is What stands out about it? A, character creation is so diverse that, like, everyone in the party could make like a dwarven ranger and no two characters would be the same or would feel the same. Hey. Which is wild. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. So you have like ancestries, which are your amalgam for species or race. So like everyone could choose to be a dwarf. And then there's different varieties like heritages, which are like basically like sub ancestries of dwarves. Like, so there's like five or six of those that you would pick from. And then, yeah, you have your, like your class and you have like your background and stuff. And even if everyone picks a ranger, everyone could be built out in such a way where like no one would have the same starting feats. No one would have the same starting abilities. Everyone would just be a dwarf and a ranger, but feel totally different. 
Oh, okay. So I always like that, like where you have the freedom to like make a character. Like your fighter doesn't just have to be a I carry this long sword and I'm a because I'm a fighter and this gives me the best bonus or whatever. Yeah, like it has the freedom to like really make a fighter feel unique in in a way where I don't think D and D ever really did that. Not from what I had seen. I obviously I haven't played that often, but um. The other thing I really like is like the action system. So on your turn, you have three actions. That's it. Oh. You have like move or like stride, I guess, strike, which is attack, or anything else that you have. They just have icons, whether it takes one action, two action, or three actions, or if it's like a reaction or if it's a free action. So you just have three actions, and everything that you can do basically is broken down to the number of actions that it would take to do it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like that. It's very clear. Like, it's, just, it's all icons. So you have an icon for, like, this takes two actions. So, like, on your turn, you're like, oh, I'm going to move for one. I'm going to use this ability, which takes two actions. And that's my turn. Yeah. That makes so much sense to me. It, again, well, I, before, we kind of talked about RPGs with, like, kind of board gamey elements. And that seems mm-hmm. sort of board gamey to me. Yeah. I mean, that's, I love RPGs with board game elements because I feel like, Board games have done such a great job of like distilling information. Yeah. Whereas RPGs usually struggle with that portion uh, because they have to be more freeform. Yeah. Yeah. Rightfully so to some extent, but you can definitely simplify it or like, you know, like iconology, right? is huge. Like board yeah. games, that's such a huge thing. Implement that into your system to make it so that some things are easier to understand. It, it makes sense. And, yeah, I just think that yes. is nice. Anyway, yeah, well, I'll have to look into Pathfinder 2nd Edition, I guess. I <laughs> Whatever. It's not like I'm I have play it. I know other things. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, do you want to? Let's do it. All right, let's do this right now. Okay. I oh, am. No. <laughs> the rest of this podcast is just going to be me creating a character for three hours. <laughs> uh, it might take that long. I have no idea. <laughs> it's I mean I like that idea though of I, okay there's some games that I just didn't love where it was like I think in D&D right you, you like you were saying where it's like you're a ranger so are you going to use a bow and arrow or a long sword it's like well what if I want to be like a sneaky ranger and yeah. have little daggers and I sneak up on my prey you know like it's like no you're a rogue then yeah, exactly. Like you, oh, well, then that's what you need to be. I like the options of just being like, well, just because I'm this class doesn't mean I don't use this weapon or because me as a, as a human being, uh, I love like little daggers, you know, like dual wielding daggers is cool to me. Yeah. Uh, so that's likely what I would want, but maybe I don't want to always be a rogue, although I usually am. It's <laughs> Whatever. Doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) I also like being sneaky and I like being able to talk. Explore. Options. That's cool. Nice. I like that. I I don't have any other nerding out things about board games, by the way. Surprisingly. Yeah, my other thing I wrote down uh, was the death of Stadia. And... Uh, Oh. Yeah. Dude, that is wild. Did you have Stadia? I did. I had two things of Stadia for, I think, two different reasons. 
oh no uh two things that i had bought were like hey if you got if you have this then you can get a free stadia and i was like cool get a free stadia and then that happened a second time oh yes yeah (laughs) but uh i hadn't used it for a while but then when cyberpunk 2077 was coming out and all of the reviews were like oh god this runs so poorly on current hardware yeah i heard that stadia didn't have that problem because stadia you're not running it on your hardware you're running it on google's hardware so i bought it on stadia and i played through the entirety of cyberpunk 2077 which if you don't know a lot about me i'm a person that does not play very many video games to completion i have I did my PlayStation Now end of year thing. I played 42 hours of PlayStation the whole year. I remember seeing that and being like, wow, you are not kidding about not playing a little game. <laughs> but I also spent 42 hours playing Cyberpunk 2077 on Stadia, turns out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, and I beat that game. So like, I matched my entire year on PlayStation with just Cyberpunk on Stadia. So I liked Stadia a lot, but I hadn't really gotten anything else for it and I heard they were shutting it down and I was like ah such a bummer but man they really just gave it all back for people who played Stadia like I don't know that there's anyone out there that's like feels like they got the the bad end of the stick from from Stadia closing really they refunded everyone on their games that they bought so I got my money back for Cyberpunk and I ended up just buying it on PlayStation Five, because it was on sale for twenty five dollars. So I technically played, I technically paid negative twenty five dollars for Cyberpunk. Wow, that's really cool of them. That yeah yeah. I well, they also refunded anyone who purchased a Stadia. So like, if you spent money on like the controller and the you know Google the Chromecast setup or whatever, they gave you your money back. Also, what that is wild. That yeah, like that doesn't add up to me. How do they? How can right. they do that? But that's incredible. I, they did they just, yeah, they just, they, I mean, they shut it down and gave everyone their money back for things. Like, I, I don't know. That's just, I think they went to the red on it, but they were already in the red. So I think they were writing it all off anyway. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then the, the last part was, so the controllers were like proprietary in the way that they would work through your Wi-Fi. Like if you go to stadia.google.com or whatever, you just hit the middle button and it would like connect to your controller like wirelessly. But they didn't work as like regular Bluetooth controllers. If you wanted to use them for anything else, you had to like plug them in like through USB. Hmm. But they, as, when Stadia went down, they released, they put out this website where you can, you could turn your controllers into Bluetooth controllers. So now I just have two more Bluetooth like Xbox E controllers. That's cool. I didn't know they did that either. Man, yeah, they like <laughs> for something that they're killing, they're killing it and killing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they did a real good job of shuttering this thing that lost them a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, well, that's cool though. That you know, you wouldn't, I wouldn't expect them to refund so much. Like I would have expected them to be like, if you bought something within the last thirty days, then we'll refund it and right, like that sort of thing. So wow. Cool. Neat. Sad. Yeah. I mean, I have two Bluetooth controllers now, so that's awesome. Yeah. That's a win. I I, I needed the controllers for PC. 
because I, I hate using wired controllers with my computer and I just didn't want to buy an Xbox controller because I was like, I don't, I don't need an Xbox controller. I have other controllers. I'm just too lazy to use them wired. Oh yeah. Uh, but now I can just use a Bluetooth, which is fantastic. Yeah. Solves all my problems. That is great. Nerding out. So that is, I guess that's outside of board games. Yeah. So yeah. nerding out outside of board games. I've been, my wife and I started playing Stardew Valley again, mm, which is, I've great. played probably an hour of that. Okay. So you, you <laughs> didn't get into it at all. <laughs> I feel like it took like eight hours for me to understand what I was doing in that game. I played co-op because uh, uh, our our friend John Gilmore, also co-host of Fun Balanced, he really liked it and they added co-op so he wanted me to play it. So I think we played it on the live stream too. So however long we live streamed for, that's how long I played it. Oh, nice. Uh, but what I remember distinctly is I would go outside, I would smack a rock for a little bit, I would get very tired, and then I'd have to go back inside. That's totally accurate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beginning of the game is like you can't even last an entire day without your energy falling. And then eventually you sort of level up your skills and they don't take as much energy out of you and you get food and then you can last longer. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's it's fun. I play it co-op, right? Like that's why I'm playing it. Me and yeah. Kenny play it. And I had had my eye on it before it was co-op, but I was like, oh, oh it was only co-op on the PC, I think. Uh, oh, gotcha. But it has sort of played it. Yeah. And so it's on the Games Pass, which is great. So we don't, you know, we already are paying for the Games Pass. So it feels like it's free, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's fun. It's a good, like, time killer. And we've both gone. It's it, it's weird coming back to it because we had a game that we had put, like, 40 hours into. And we haven't played it for probably four months at least. And so going back, we both were like, we have no idea what we're doing. Kimmy kept asking me, like, how do I do this? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't remember. Like, how do you do that? Do you figure it out and tell me? Uh, you're like, let's figure this out together. It, but it, it all came back fairly quickly. And it's fun. I think it's, yeah, it's a good little fun co-op. Yeah. I did like, uh, the thing I liked about the co-op, which not a lot of them do, is it's like, it's like a free, it's like free co-op, right? Where you can go anywhere and like, yeah. you don't have to be like, it's not following your camera's not like zooming out to fit both of you on screen. It's like, no, you can both just kind of live your lives and get your done. Yeah. Was exactly. That yeah. Yeah. And when we were first playing Kimmy, Kimmy's not like a huge gamer, but she would be like, wait for me. Don't go anywhere without me. You know? And it was always like, okay, whenever you're ready, like, and I would kind of just be like, I finished every thing I needed to do at the farm, but whenever you're ready, we'll go to the mine or whatever. But now, after so many plays, you know, like, she'll have things she wants to do during the day, and she goes and does them, and, and I'll be like, oh, what are you working on? Oh, I'm farming this, and or, oh, I'm trying to fish, and whatever it is. And I'm like, cool, I'm doing combat in the mine. That's usually what I'm doing, is because I like to fight <laughs> things, I guess, but <laughs> uh, yeah, like, it's she's come into her own in the game. And so it's a lot less of that. Like I need you to, she still needs my help. Uh, she's so bad at directions in life and in video games where even still, you know, like 40 plus hours into this game, she's like, how do I get to town? You just go right. Just go to our house <laughs> and then go right. And you'll get there. It's two screens away, you know, whatever it is. 
but it's it's fun. It's a good fun co-op. I, I love playing co-op games. That's that's totally my jam. You know, there's less of them in the world, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I've been meaning to go back to 2077 Cyberpunk, right? And because I downloaded that and played it for like 20 hours in a weekend, I feel like. And I think Kimmy left was out of town around some work trip or something, and I just stayed up all night playing it. And yeah, it's that game's fantastic. Such a good game. I heard that they were going to do co-op in that game. I think so. I don't know if that got shuttered or not. It might have. It might have been a thing they were just like, yeah, we're not going to be able to do that. Right? That's what I hear, feel like. Something got on, something went on the chopping block. I just don't remember what it was. It might, that might have been it. I know they're still planning on doing the expansion as Idris Elba. I'm like, Fair, cool. Yeah, man. You got it. What? Yeah. I didn't hear that. Oh, my gosh. That's way exciting. I love Idris Elba. I'm down. That'll bring me in. for Who's going to be in this? Come on. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness. That's way exciting. Uh, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I want I want to play that game more, though. That game is just phenomenal. Like, the way you can build your character, and you brought that up now, and that's all I'm going to be thinking about. But, <laughs> like, I've also been playing High on Life, which is really fun, and that game's funny if you like those Justin Roiland-type. Oh, except there's kind of a scandal with Yeah, we. if you don't like Justin Roiland, that's, that's totally fine. Yeah. Totally fine. Yeah, that's. Uh, I have to make that adjustment right now. Of like, oh boy, oh boy. <sighs> but yeah. Anyway, we won't get into that, I guess. And then bone. We've been watching lots of bones. Just that's like in the yard, or the the TV show, the old painted <laughs> <three hours>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've been watching bones just decay and grind up. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know what how they appeared there, but. New ones keep showing up. <laughs> Kimmy swears she has no idea. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, but Bones, man, did you ever watch it? No. Oh, okay. Well, you know, early 2000s, I think. And the toxic masculinity in that show is, like, off the scales. I forgot just how, like, you know, uh, I gotta be a man. Man up. How the main character is. David Boreanaz's character. And it makes yeah. me so sad, but we're almost, we've made it through like t- 10 seasons at this point. So it hasn't stopped us. And as well as like so many homophobic jokes or transphobic jokes or little things like that. And I'm like, oh boy, this does not hold up that well, but we're watching it. Yeah. It's always the fear of going back and watching something. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, uh, is this going to hold up? Is this going to be problematic? Do I have to do I have to not remember certain things about this? Right? Yes. Eh, it's sad, but yeah. I mean, other than that, it's pretty good. I think the later seasons start, you know, like Well, there was I think that there was an episode that had like a trans victim or something, and Bones, who's the scientific one, right, is like, Oh, of course, there's been trans human beings throughout all of history and of the here's all this information and she's very like accepting of it but booth is like i'm not using them pronouns you know like so whatever it was i knew but they have like i think that was an older tv show thing if you watch like old law and order or old uh kind of crime solving ones they have like one character who's the conservative and one who's the liberal and they have like fairly civil discussions about it huh it's an old format. 
that doesn't yeah, really happen anymore. <laughs> of a world gone by. I know. <laughs> uh, it doesn't seem possible anymore, but... I, the world before the internet had an opinion. Right. Well, that's the thing, right, is that, like, in person, you can agree and disagree with somebody. We we all have family. We all have, like, may, maybe. I mean, maybe some people don't have, like, people with very different views. But in person, you can, like, sort of talk about these things, and they can get heated, and then you can be like, well, let's talk about uh, Game of Thrones or whatever. Change right. topics and be fine, and you can be civil. But on the internet, right, like, it's just... And not about Game of Thrones, but otherwise, uh, yes. <laughs> For Game of Thrones, no matter where you are, is going to be toxic. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry, I was rambling, rambling, rambling. What, are there other things you've got on the nerding out block? Uh, I just one more thing, and it's really just because it was like current obsessions, and uh, I guess obsessions for a lo- longer than current. I still am playing Marvel Snap. I don't know. Is that have you played Marvel Snap? No. No, and I have a very, like, you are not helping me on that because on Fun Balance, oh boy, do you talk about that a lot. <laughs> and, yeah, it's our podcast other than a podcast. It's the, oh my what's gosh. happening. The Marvel Snap. What's happening. <laughs> you also, you were doing the, the beta back in our first interview, way back then. Yeah. So, like, you started a lot of that hype, and I still have somehow managed not to because I have a history of of being a sucker for, like, Oh, well, that's only $7. I guess I could buy that. You know, like, oh, I mean, it, you'll, you probably won't buy the, the microtransaction things because they're like, there's one that's just like, hey, here's the pro bundle. It's $100. Oh, geez. Wow. So they price it in such a way where I'm like, yeah, I'm never buying that. That's not a deal ever. Like, they've accepted that this is specifically for whales, right? Like, yeah. It's so high priced that it's like, we're not targeting the everyday consumer but there's like the season passes and stuff at like one a month is like ten dollars and i'm like that's fine i get enough out of it for ten dollars a month and i don't have to worry about anything else so that's where i'm at usually like you don't have to buy those but you're gonna get season for it's one of those ones where it's like you get free stuff every like five levels or free stuff every level if you have the season pass you know yeah when kimmy plays uh well farming game i can't remember what it's township she plays Township and they have seasons like that where it's like once a month she buys something and it's like five, ten bucks or whatever it is. It's like, yeah, that's fine. That's you play the game often enough. Of course, you should be like supporting them a little bit. Yeah, it's good to put money back. Into that. Anyways, so uh, what's snapping in, Ian? <laughs> well, it's still uh, God, I play every day. So it's one of those things, too, where it's like, yeah, where you have those microtransactions and stuff like I don't play like normal video games most of the time. Like I have a couple that I'm like, oh, I should go back and finish God of War so I can play God of War Ragnarok and, or something like that where I'm like, I know I'm going to want to play those. But most of the time, regular video games just like, they they bounce off me like, you know, like I'm rubber kind of thing. Like it's just, I, I don't stick to video games a lot, but I've played Marvel Snap like every day since beta. So I'll give them $10 every month or something, right? Like, a, yeah, spending what, like $120 a year on a game that I play more hours than I have put into PlayStation or PC or anything in the last year. Plus, you're flush with that Wonderlands cash. So uh, you would think. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just kid, JK, JK. Uh, but go ahead. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> what keeps um, you coming back to it? Like, what every day? I mean, that's, that's a long so time. It's been a lot. I used to play. Magic the Gathering, right? I used to play other card games. 
Um, and like I played Magic Arena for a bit when it was when it first started, first came out, and I enjoyed it. I played it, and then eventually, I don't know, just kind of like I eventually just stopped playing or slowed down or didn't go back every day or whatever. And then if that just leaves me, just I just don't play anymore. But like with Marvel Snap, the matches, the missions that you have, they have like daily missions. They refresh all the time, so there's always something that you could be doing to like progress and get more credits or whatever, which is how you level up your cards to make them look cooler and also that's how you progress the game right like yeah you progress the game by making your stuff look cool which is something that not a lot of games do sometimes just like oh like most card games are like oh you progress the game by getting more cards this one you progress the game by making your stuff your cards you have look cool and that gets you more cards interesting um and the other part is the matches are, they're like three minutes. You play a match in three minutes and you're done. You have a 12 card deck. So the deck building is is fast and it's very impactful. Like a lot of times you, if you play Magic Gathering or Magic Arena or something, you'd be like, oh, maybe I'll get rid of that two drop and swap it out for this other two drop. And then maybe I'll run two of those. And then in like five games, you'll never have seen those cards anyway, right? Because you have like a 60 card deck. You know? Right. In Marvel Snap, you swap out a card for a different card, it has a 100% effect on your next game. Guaranteed. Fascinating. Huh. Yeah. Fun. Jeez. This doesn't help me. This doesn't help me. I've avoided downloading it for so long. <laughs> well, I should have written, written it down, but no, yeah, no, I'm just, it. I, I play it every day. And I'm fine with it. There's random elements in the game with the locations and... I think if your goal is to just be really, really good at the game, those can feel arbitrary and mean or like feel bad. You know, like some locations are just negative, like they cards can't be played here or every card here gets minus two power or something. But for me, like every game is an individual puzzle. Like, how do I solve this specific puzzle with these cards that I that I have? Right. Yeah. Um, not like how do how do I play my deck to the best of its efficiency every single time to do the exact same thing every time? It's how do I solve this unique puzzle that is this one game, and every single game is its own unique puzzle. Is every game like one v one type thing? Like, are you playing against other yep. players? Okay, okay. Yeah, so there's three locations. They get reviewed. There's six rounds to a game. After round six, whoever has the most power in two out of the three locations wins so you're trying to have the most power in two out of three at least two out of three locations the locations are revealed over the first three turns so like the first turn location one is revealed turn two location two is revealed turn three location three is revealed and then there's three more turns after that you can play cards to any location that you want on your turn right you have energy stuff costs energy but like you can play cards to unrevealed locations or whatever, or you can play cards to locations that are revealed and you know what their abilities are or whatever. Yeah. And then you're just trying to have the most power at each of those individual locations more than your opponent. Makes sense. Yeah. Pretty simple as far as like, you know, like understanding it. Yeah. But the locations are, there's probably, I don't know, I think 30 or 40, maybe closer to 50 different locations that you can have. Wow. And they're all, they're randomized every game. So you never know what each game is going to present to you. You don't necessarily know what your opponent's going to do until they start playing cards. 
So that's why I said, like, I love that every single game is like a self-contained puzzle that I will never see again, right? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That's interesting. Maybe I'll check it out. I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> man. <laughs> Gee, Willikers. Moments before disaster. <laughs> I know. I think my problem is that with ADHD, right, like, you get hyper-focused on things, and so mobile games are like, it's those short a three minute game that sounds great well but it's gonna be like 10 three minute games in a row right like i'm not gonna just play one three minute game and 10 would be you know probably even low on the low end i would likely spend like two or three solid hours just doing it yeah anyway yeah that's cool marvel snap yeah that's my big obsession it's my it's my nerding out I'm surprised. Uh, well, I guess not that surprised. It's very popular. But you were in on the beta. Like, for you, for it to last that long for you is cool. Yeah. I was going to ask, are there, like, alliances? So, like, are you know, a team? I used to play a Marvel game back in the day. Um, Not currently. So, right now, it's just always, like, random opponents and stuff. The next update that they're doing is going to be to give you the ability to play against other people. So, like, I mean, you're, you know against your friends basically okay yeah. so you can make like custom games and stuff and so there's gonna be like a custom game system after that and then they i think on their like roadmap they've you know like posted things that they've talked about or are looking at one of them was like guilds or something where you could do things with your team or whatever but but yeah it's just it's good it's just fun i can't believe that i'm not in on it because right like uh, i i love marvel i'm such a marvel head that oh speaking of that I know you, didn't you back the first Marvel United? Did you back the second? Yes, I haven't backed the new one that just got announced, or that just went on Kickstarter yesterday. I haven't backed it yet, but that's just, I'm just waiting to see how much stuff they're adding, and then I'll probably hit the button before it closes. Yeah. Yep. I'll probably be, do I need Galactus? (laughs) Probably not. Am I going to get Galactus? Probably. Yeah. Yep, I feel ya. It's, like, I think this, season is kind of interesting because it's got such a diverse like um like sometimes they're x-men sometimes they're you know avengers related or spider-man related like at this point at the third campaign x-men's already out and the main stuff is already out so it's just like we'll take from everything and now time to go to the mall now time to do what everyone else does when you when you've when you've run out of the main cast is go to the multiverse yeah which i was nervous that it would be just you know like dumb versions of characters we already know uh, I, I don't know I don't have an example off the top of my head right now but but they're actually like pulling main character type like the wrecking crew right like that's one of the yeah. in there uh, Galactus and Shuri Black Panther which you yeah. know everyone is now familiar with because of the, the you know the Black Panther movies yeah and Jane Foster Thor and I was excited. I'm really excited about like uh, I like Ironheart. Ironheart's great. I was excited to see her in there. And oh, they announced this one's separate from the Kickstarter. They announced the like Spider Geddon stuff. Oh man, which like so Morlin for me, he's one of the villains in that. Morlin is like one of my favorite comic book villains of all time. I remember reading that story arc with him his first appearance and he is just terrifying like spider-man is giving it his all you know like not holding back at all and just can't even make the dude flinch and the 
he's just like terrifying. And I remember my heart was racing. It was the first story that like <laughs> really had me going like, holy cow, like is Spider-Man going to survive this? You know? And yeah. And all the way up until the end of that whole story uh, was just phenomenal. And so he's always like, whenever there's a Marvel thing that has Spider-Man in it, I'm like, it wouldn't it be so great to see Moralin in it and never happens. And now he's going to be in that box. And which makes me kind of suspect that maybe Moralin will be, because the other villain in there is going to be uh, Spot. And I know Spot is in the new uh, Miles movie, the Spider-Verse. Yeah, yeah, across the Spider-Verse, yeah. Yeah, that's so what I'm excited about this year. Oh, oh right? So good. Oh, super excited. So I'm wondering if Moreland's going to be in that because Moreland comes back for like Spider-Verse stuff. There's the Inheritors, which is his mm-hmm. family, which I think sort of cheapens him as a villain. But whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, he's back. So if I get to see him on the big screen, I think it'll be worth it, especially if they make him terrifying. Because the Spider-Verse stuff, right? Like they get dark in that. They got so dark in the first movie and it's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, no that that movie that that movie punches you in the in the heart a couple times. It's, yeah, it's perfect. It's a perfect movie. I think there's there's nothing that you could change about that movie to make it any better. One hundred percent agree. I took Kimmy to that in the theaters, and the previews were playing, and they were like, a dog lost in trying to find its way home. Rated G. Rated G. Like all the trailers were like for these. G and PG rated family movies, kids movies. And she turned to me like after the fourth one and was just like, did you bring me to a children's movie? Like, is that what we're going to see? I thought we were seeing a Spider-Man movie. And I was like, well, yeah, it's a cartoon. Like it's it's animated, right? Like, I'm sorry. I thought you knew that. (laughs) She was livid, absolutely livid at me. (laughs) And within, I think the first 10, 15 minutes, she was like, okay. That was great. And when we left, she was like, that was incredible. That was so good. I cried. I laughed. You know, like, the, you had, had an anxiety attack every time Prowler shows up. you just like, oh, my God, that soundtrack is so menacing. Right? Oh, such a such a good movie. So, yeah, she she converted on that. And that was another character for me. Like, when I, I was reading comics and the ultimate line was another line that I absolutely loved. So when Miles popped in on there, I was like, we'll never see Miles in the main well, there'll never be a Miles movie or a video game. And now we, now there's both. And they're both yeah. like incredible. Ah, so many so much good stuff out there. It's a good time to nerd out. This is what you're saying. Yes. Oh, good time to nerd out. Uh and speaking of you know, like to tie it back, I'm so mad that Idris Elba is in the MCU already because I think he was somewhat wasted as Heimdall. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> Man, in Endgame, when he's just, or I'm sorry, I guess not, in Infinity War, when he just bites the dust so early, I was so mad. Same. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. This stuff. Like, I didn't know who Idris Elba was in the early Thor movies, right? Like, I didn't recognize that greatness. And then by the time that I really grew to appreciate him, it's like, he's he's gone. He's, yeah. bye-bye. Dumb. Bring back Idris. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bring your time to hold. Yeah, I don't even care if he's I don't, like. Give me Idris could be a, some other character, and he could just be like he could just be Idris Elba. He's like, hey, it's me, Idris Elba. I'm the superhero. This is the movie. That's true. I mean, it's it's a thing that they've they're technically saying that you can do now. Uh, oh, it's a multiverse. Yeah, 
Well, with Quant- yeah, with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, there is a character that is specifically played by a person who's played another character, and I think they're just going to make them the same character. Oh, that's right, right. I know. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, the, we we sufficiently nerded out for way longer than I meant to. <laughs> As always. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining me, Ian. This was a blast. As always. Why don't you go ahead and plug your... Or is there anything you want to talk about before you leave? No, no, no I think that was it. I think covered everything. My list, okay. is, my list is done. I won't make you play any more games. Download anything <laughs> else. Uh, you old so-and-so. Well, then go ahead and plug what you got. You can find me on Twitter or Facebook or any social media places, but I do not post often, so... I guess the best place to find me would be if you listen to Fun Balanced or Bad Assets. Both those podcasts are coming back real soon, so get subscribed. So I guess you can find out when there's new episodes of that. Uh, And if you like RPGs that aren't Dungeons & Dragons, then possibly try Bunkers & Badasses. And games available at nerdvanagames.com. Yeah, I love Bunkers & Badasses, obviously. Uh, I'll just start that with my plug of Friend Info Adventure Co. is a Bunkers and Badasses actual play podcast that you can go and check out wherever you listen to podcasts. It's immaturely mature. Let's see. Uh, yeah, if you like this show, rate and review it. Share it with people. Follow me on Twitter at RyleNerd. Interact with me there. And I think I'm streaming next week, maybe on Thursday, on Mr. Rao's gaming channel, Thursday evening. I don't have any specifics about that. So I think we even changed the game. Just follow me. And that's how you'll know. All right. Uh, That's all I got. So until next time, keep nerding out. Yeah. So I I went to one of uh, John Gilmore, Fun Balanced co-host, also board game designer. He'd have these game days. And the first one that I went to, he was the only person that I I knew. He was the reason that he invited me. I didn't know anyone who else was there. So I was just walking around aimlessly, Julia and I were, and someone just saw us walking around and just came up and was like, hey, do you want to play my favorite game? And I was like, yeah, sure. It was very nice. So yes, I said yes. We sat down and that was the first time I ever played the game Coloretto, which uh, was his favorite game. His name is Thor. He's uh, one, of, one of my good friends from, in, uh, from Ohio the Ohio crew, the, <laughs> all of the people there. And yeah, we just sat and played a full game of his favorite game. So now if any time someone comes up and is like, do you want to play my favorite game? I will just always say yes, because if it's your favorite game, then even if it's not a game I would normally like, I will probably enjoy this experience of it. End of the episode here. I want to plug a little fun thing with a future guest that I have met through Protospiel Online. There's going to be an episode that's full of Protospiel Online guests. And so I've got Jack Rosetree here. And soon they're going to be launching a, a Kickstarter, right? Yeah. So uh, if you've been following the uh, the nerd environment and news, uh, you're familiar with Wizards of the Coast changes to the open game license, which has been a very hot button issue lately. 
And uh, a number of companies have announced uh, open gaming licenses of their own that they're going to put out. And since everybody's doing it, I'm going to do it too. Uh, mine is uh, the Exit Stage Left role-playing uh, system, and you can call it Xlerp for short. And uh, it's basically just an amalgam of uh, weird ideas and, and uh, concepts and themes and mechanics from a variety of uh, homebrews and playtests and RPGs that I've made over the last, I don't know, 20 years. And uh, they all kind of add up to a, I hope, I feel like a pretty good system. And so I'm going to put it out and it is 100% free for everybody, always uh, irrevocably free, royalty free, uh, free for people in other dimensions and other timelines, timelines that intersect or are parallel to our own. It's literally just, here's a system. And if you don't want to use what uh, is currently out there, uh, this could be a fun thing to try out. It, it keeps things pretty simple. Uh, there's a document up online that you can check it out. You can use right now. Uh, I will be running a Kickstarter for physical copies of the license, but the, as a system, it's going to be out there and free for everybody, whether they're a backer or not. Nice. It's just a good way to support a creator. You know, it's it's a kind thing to do. I I think support creators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, people. <laughs> so. I will have a link to the notification page on Kickstarter in the episode description, and you can check that out. Super awesome, and thank you. Yeah, thank you, Jack. Listeners will get to hear you uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, actually, do you want to, real quick, on this one, too, plug social media and stuff, too, if you have it, if you want. Yeah, uh, so my name is Jack Rosetree. Uh, if you look that up, there are very few of us. You can find me pretty much anywhere. Uh, I do have accounts on a variety of social media, but I'm very bad at social media, so although you'll find me, uh, I, I will generally respond eventually, uh, but uh, I'm on Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, Discord, and uh, you can find a lot of my, my work and my stuff uh, either on Kickstarter, uh, screentop.gg, and itch.io.